Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer. Welcome to the Randy Tobler Show. It is so good to be with you. Thanks for being with me. Saw many of you at the Douglas Murray event. Of course, uh, Show Me Institute, National Review Institute, and News Talk STL putting that together. It was fantastic. I mean to tell you, you talk about welcome home. It, it was a. It was like a family homecoming reunion. It reminded me of a Gaither event. For those of you that know the Gaither uh, gospel group, I mean, it was just really so heartwarming to see you out there. And um, Mike and Chris did such a fabulous job anchoring it. And of course, Brenda Talon from Show Me and the great folks out at the National Review Institute. And meanwhile, Max is back in town. That we got instead of the boys are back in town. We got to do the Max is Max back in town. Back in Max town. Is back. <laughs> and he made it back from Beverly Hills. We're going to check in with Max in just a sec because uh, we got to find out if Max was uh, was put fully fully awakened out in yes. Beverly Hills. Yeah, I realized when I when I touched down in Hollywood Land that I was asleep, and now I am woke. <laughs> well, what we do, we'll put Max back to, back sleep. to sleep, only yeah. metaphorically here. That's because that's our job here. A lot to talk about, of course, with uh, prices going crazy with Thanksgiving coming up. This will be the most expensive Thanksgiving uh, Americans have ever experienced. When you uh, factor in inflation and and even allowing for the growth, the natural growth of. Uh, of the economy. And, and so we'll be talking about that. We have great guests. We're going to be talking to a climate change guy, a National Geographic explorer. I, that may be an interesting listen a little later in the show, because um, I, I, we don't know whether this guy is going to be all over, you know, the the world. Uh, the apocalypse is coming in 11 years and uh, Greta Thornburg is my BFF. And then maybe not, but we're going to talk with him and have a, a fun discussion. And I'm going to ask him some tough questions, but we'll, we'll have some fun. As you know, we're always respectful here uh you may not have seen this but uh, also in the news i get myself in trouble more just by saying the kind of things that other people are thinking and i i got myself in a little trouble because the uh, attorney general of uh missouri eric schmidt who of course is running for roy blunt's va- soon to be vacated senate seat uh filed along with several other states, I think there were about 10 other states, a multi-state coalition, a lawsuit against a federal vaccination mandate for hospitals. As you know, I've been on CNN and Fox and Friends First and Cavuto. And um, when I came out and said, hey, Joe Biden made a mistake, this is going to backfire. Yes, I believe in vaccines, but I'd rather have an unvaccinated healthcare worker than no healthcare worker when show, someone shows up to my hospital. You know, us conservatives, we like to we like to deliver the goods. I almost whoa, I almost found myself pulling a Joe Biden there. I got up bit. to the microphone and That's said, "Scary." We like to deliver the goods. Let me but, tell you, you something, know, Randy. <laughs> I'm telling you, they need to cast Biden somehow in, in the next, uh, you know, Godfather 10 movie or something. Hey, yeah, pay your taxes. Just pay your taxes. Um, and, and and so on that, and I'd had a print interview with Kaiser Health News. And it was published in the Post and then a, a picked up nationwide. And I get a call from a good buddy of mine. And then people inside the hospital yesterday are saying, have you seen page nine of the 56-page complaint against Joe Biden? And this is frightening. I mean, I got I got nervous, Max, because I'm pulling up the complaint here. State of Missouri, state of Nebraska, state of Arkansas, Kansas, Iowa, Wyoming, Alaska, South Dakota, 
That's uh, Christy Nome, right? North Dakota and New Hampshire. Christy Nome has raised $10 million, by the way, campaign funds. I mean, that gal is going to watch out for her. Christy Nome and Ron DeSantis, check. Tulsi Gabbard and Ron DeSantis, check. I mean, there's so many great duos that could be running in 2024, I think. But anyway, but I uh, I digress. Okay, so I'm looking at the first page. that They said, hey, Tobler, you're on page nine of this 56-page complaint by these 10 states versus Joseph R. Biden, the United States of America, United States Department of Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, Javier Becerra, Javier Becerra, uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Chiquita Brooks Lejeune. I'm Chiquita Banana and, you know, Chiquita and uh, Mina Seshamini and Daniel Sai, the Office of Deputy Administrator and Director. Complaint. And I'm looking at all this legalese and here on page nine, Max, here it is. I, this is like, and they're laughing at me. They're like, did you see this? You're on this complaint. <laughs> Item 45 under the narrative, sort of the the why. Dr. Randy Tobler, CEO of Scotland County Hospital in Memphis, Missouri, small rural hospital, believes a COVID-19 vaccine mandate will encourage his staff to quit rather than receive the vaccine. And then they quote the CNN story. According to Dr. Tobler, quote, there were people in the hospital that freely shared that if the vaccine mandate happened, they would not work here. That's just something they weren't going to put into their body. Now, they they picked the most inflammatory anti-vax kind of thing you would ever say, sure, right? Sure. And that's, I don't know that I've ever said that before, but somehow when they interviewed me for an hour and a half, I said it. Okay. So there, I said it. That's my Mark Levin imitation. So there, I said it. Um, the hospital has already lost 10 of its 57 nurses approximately 18% since the pandemic began and at times has had to turn away patients amid a surge of cases due to staff shortage. Then they quote the Laura, the uh, KHN, Kaiser Health News thing, and the St. Louis most attached, uh, stltoday.com. To fill the gaps, the hospital has hired more travel nurses, which cost 200 bucks an hour or more, a price that small rural hospitals cannot easily afford. And there's a couple other people I know around the country that are advocating to, to you know stop the stop the tyranny, and because I have uh, I've, I also submitted a declaration. I got a I got a call from the attorney general's office the other day. My nurse texted me. I'm I was out hunting Friday afternoon, trying to hunt for crying out loud. Just little old me hanging in a drear stand with my bow and arrow, you know, just being a good Missourian, and I get this text. Lacey says, call the attorney general's office. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, crap. What did I do now? And <laughs> I haven't done anything knowingly. I'm I'm so paranoid. We're, we're so squeaky clean. We pass surveys with flying colors because we want to be compliant and, and not get in trouble and do what, what we need to do. You know, I, I don't like all the regulations, but that's what they're there. I don't like driving 55 when there's no one else on the road at midnight, but I do. OK, maybe 58, maybe 59. And. And I hope my law enforcement friends out there aren't going to come after me with the bubbles going. But um, 
So I called and they said, hey, am I, what did I do? No, they said, we're aware of your public statements and they, they're right on. We realize we're hearing from everywhere in rural Missouri and Nebraska and others. All of our friends are telling us this is going to be potentially Armageddon for providing health care. And we're concerned. So would you do a declaration? So I did a little declaration that, hey, this is what's going to happen. Our current situation is this. Currently, we have, um, we have about uh, 20% of our folks uh, but 35% are unvaccinated. 20% have said they will, of those 30%, will not get vaccinated. Well, I mean, 20% of the total employee workforce will not get vaccinated. Some are thinking about it. Some are going to seek religious object- exemptions. But you can't just say, my religion is that I don't want the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm like, show me the church of the COVID-19 vaccine resistance. If you can show me the church of the, you know, yeah, show me where that is. I, I, that'd be fine. But they, there is no such thing. Uh, because if we were to allow that and do a wink wink exemption you can get in trouble there too because that's fraudulent it has to be a sincerely held religious belief according to the EEOC not my rules the rules by which I live so anyway so immediately I'm like honey call the tax accountant because given what's been going on in Washington DC and this is where the rubber meets the road I am now not smiling I think there's a reasonable chance that Something will be weaponized. I uh, There are many people stated in this complaint. The head of the National Rural Health Association, Alan Morgan, who's a good friend of mine. There's a lot of great people there that are just saying, look, we love vaccines. I go, I go I'm constantly like, hey, man, the, look at the, all the great information. There's more and more safety data about the vaccine. I walk up and down the halls. Hey, would you reconsider? You know, but I'm respectful about it. And um, but you just wonder if you're going to get weaponized against because you've made a complaint against the president of the United States. I don't know. And it's funny, you don't hear the left making a complaint about the United States because on, uh, well, let's play that clip. Let's play that clip number four, Max. Um, it's funny how people will pick and choose what to They're complain against. So a, lot of people, a lot of people on the right won't complain against uh, people that speak out, what should we say, unceremoniously and disrespectfully on the right. If they do something, if one of your buddies in the conservative movement does something crazy that isn't good for the movement, we really should call them out. That's not good. But we tend to call out people with whom we disagree and look for the gotcha there, right? I have not heard much gotcha coming from BLM about this gaffe from gaffe-tastic President Joe Biden. Play it. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros in the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Page. Okay, so, okay, so Joe used the word Negro. No, that's not, and it's time when Joe was a cognizant and semi-conscious, at least, young man, <laughs> that's what blacks were called, were Negroes, right? Now, I would say, uh, Dr. Tobler, you've already been named in a complaint versus the president. <laughs> maybe, maybe back off. I don't know. There's another complaint coming. The Tobler Show is no, under attack. What? Now, what I'm saying, <laughs> that's why we're doing it here in the opening block. Uh, but, you know, the truth is, the truth will always set us free. There may be pain along the way, on the road to freedom, but those who refuse to speak the truth will remain on the road to serfdom, to quote a phrase from Hayek, the Austrian economist. 
And I defend boldly the fact that the lesser of two evils when it comes to providing health care in this environment is to have health care workers who have, in many cases, been infected and are, recover- and are recovered and have some natural immunity, which some studies, the Israeli study, among others, say is at least as good, if not in some cases better, than a vaccination, depending on how far are you out from your infection, what, what vaccine did you get? Did you? I mean, there's a lot of variables there. Are you younger? Are you older? You know, how did you respond to the infection? Or the vaccine, for that matter. A lot of areas, but you get you know you should get some credit for that. Did Joe Biden and the HHS and CMS recognize that? No. Is there any nuance? No. Is there any realization that if you're in St. Louis and you're managing a hospital and you have a deep labor pool with lots, of, not that there are an overwhelming amount of healthcare workers, but there's certainly a lot more relative to the demand for healthcare than there are in in rural um, in in parts of rural America. So instead of realizing that we have a goal of providing healthcare. And that there's an infinitesimally small chance of a healthcare worker infecting a patient, family, visitor, or staff, coworker. And the alternative, if you are too heavy handed with this, is to lose staff in an already thin and sometimes understaffed environment where you have to divert away from the emergency department or other other service lines because you just don't have the staff. And you can't, there is no one around and you can't even hire a traveler. I mean, if you're an administrator, there are times when you need to say, I'm sorry, I can't do the best. I'm going to do good or better. (laughs) Yes, the best is 100% vaccinated workforce. But if that's, if the alternative is a a 60% workforce because 40% of them quit or you had to fire them and someone shows up, by the way, it's deer season. And as someone every every year it happens, someone has a heart attack in a deer stand, falls out of a deer stand, and shows up at our door and every, and many other doors of, of hospitals and and urgent care in this state and nation. I'd like to be able to call the hotline and say, um, I, I don't have a, I don't have anyone to provide the care because uh, this person's going to suffer more than they should have or have a worse outcome because I just don't have the staff because of your mandate. What do you say, sir? And I would like to look them in the eye and I would respectfully do that. I say, please, please, I beg you, reconsider. I don't know. It's just, it's troubling. So I don't know. I I took the risk because it's the right thing to do. That's what us conservatives do. We do the right thing. And you know, my beef with Joe Biden using the, the, the word Negro was not that he used the word Negro, but it speaks to his senescence. It speaks to his cognitive dissonance where the guy doesn't understand what's going on. I mean, uh, that's just sort of a toxic word you shouldn't use these days. It's not the N word, N word, but it's, but, but more to that. I, maybe I met Max, maybe you can do some more research here, but I did a cursory survey of, of the web and I couldn't find the Huffington post, uh, the daily beast, uh, what other, you know, liberal media I'd, uh, I couldn't find people come, how dare Joe Biden do that? He needs to resign. Oh, get him some DIE education. It's the same. Where is it? Where's the complaint? I was looking all over Twitter the last couple of days after this uh, video came out, and sure enough, there's nothing. There's there's crickets. And, you know, and, and look, we can be charitable. The guy grew up in an era when that was the common word. It, it evolved from that to blacks 
to African-Americans. And now we're back to people of color. Uh, colored was in there at some point, right? Some uh, some very old people, and you know, that are now what, in their 80s? Now may say, yeah, yeah, I remember when I had a good friend down at the, you know, and we worked together. And, you know, he was colored. People would say that. That's when they grew up. They don't mean anything pejorative, but it's evolved. And now it's African-American, and now it's going back to people of color. You hear that all the time. Okay, whatever. I'm going to try to be respectful. If that's what you want to be called, I'll call you that. I'm sorry. I never want to offend people needlessly. Well, unless they're really woke on the left <laughs> far. <laughs> no, I don't want to offend them. I want to I want to influence people, right? And you never influence people with shame and denigration. You never do that. And and on the right, there was Douglas Murray the other night at the event. It was a fabulous event and he called out uh, those on the far left, and he made a little comment about the right. You know, we got to watch what we say. We got to be careful about that. America is coming unraveled. The fabric of uh, America is coming unraveled. It was a great event the other night, and I want to thank uh, Show Me Institute, National Review, and uh, of course all of the good friends at uh, News Talk uh, STL that were there. It was so so good to have everyone together. It was really like a homecoming. So we're going to step aside, and then when we come back, uh, we got uh, Jonathan Butcher right from Heritage because we want right. to talk about speaking of woke and putting it to sleep. Uh, we're going to talk about a new statement from the AMA, the American Medical Association. I am now debating whether I can any longer continue my membership there. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got a, I got a disability policy through there, and I, I don't know what to do. Anyway, there's Max Foyze. Glad you're back in town. Glad you made it safely. We're going to hear a little bit of update on the the, the movie you previewed and uh, and what's going on with Baldwin and Rust and that whole deal with that accidental um, oh the, the 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 killing of that uh, that cinematographer and uh, Virginia Cruder with a regular visit with us. Later on, we will talk with her about Kyle Rittenhouse, that crazy trial, and inflation, inflation, inflation. And then Brian Booma about client change, uh, climate change. So we have lots uh, lots here on the show. 1019-941 News Talk STL. That's us. Don't miss us on your Alexa skill, your apps everywhere. And, uh, of course, sign up uh, for the newsletter, too, because that comes out every Wednesday on NewsTalkSTL.com. Be right back. Hey, welcome back to the program. Trying to get Jonathan Butcher here. Sometimes early on a Saturday morning, uh, it's hard to connect with guests, but uh, we're continuing to try. He's with Heritage, And uh, we wanted to talk about some interesting goings on. It it raises an issue that I think we all need to think about, and maybe you've already had to think about in your professional life. And that is when you're, the company you work for becomes woke and they go crazy. And almost the business model changes. It's almost that pervasive and intrusive into your life. It, little do they know that their commitment to being woke and publicly being seen as being woke is so erosive of the, of the core mission of the company that it, it's counterproductive. And then, it, and then it, it challenges your ethics, right? Because it, it becomes very, very uh, pejorative, very denigrating to you if you are an inclusive, diverse, and equity-conscious person, which I think most of us in civilized 2021 America are, to be told that you're an oppressor on the one hand, or if you happen to be a person of color or a minority, if you're a woman, even though women are now in the majority in many venues, but if you're still considered a, a an oppressed, if you fall into that victim, uh, you know, basket as the woke define it, 
it it totally diverts you, distracts you, takes you out of the rails of the of the mission that you're on. And and so I get this I get this missive from the American Medical Association. They released a guide recently on advancing health equity. And it promotes how to fight for critical race theory. This is the American Medical Association. Now, I've known since my training days here at Wash U and my work at many hospitals up and down King's Highway from, from Barnes to Jewish to when it was Bar- when they were two separate hospitals, now the Barnes Jewish, uh, Children's, uh, out to Missouri Baptist, St. Mary's, St. Luke's, St. Joe's and Kirkwood, the former hospital out there. Uh, yeah, I talk, talk about healthcare is the most diverse probably uh, industry and, and, and work day that you can experience, both with coworkers and patients. And, and now to be to be somehow told that, well, you're not diverse, you don't know what equity is, and you're not very inclusive, and, and like you scratch your head. And so it becomes crazy. The American medicals, but we've known from day one that there are some genetically determined and socioeconomically influenced medical outcomes, right? If, if a person can't afford to buy food or healthy food, healthy food at a optimally and any food, they're going to have problems. If a person is unable to get transportation for medical care, whether it's ambulatory care, preventive care, or or acute care, outcomes are not going to be as good. But there are also things that are different about us genetically, irrespective of race, but often inclusive of race, certainly with gender, that, that are recognized. And that is a known medical fact. Just like if you're a veterinarian, you, you, certain dog species have hip dysplasia. What are they? Golden retrievers, right? How dare you say that the genders are different? What oh, are I'm you, sorry. a doctor? I am not. Well, to say there's Max back from Beverly Hills reminding me how asleep <laughs> I am. <laughs> That's right. There is no difference, right? There is no difference in the genders. So everything I learned in med school, I have to forget. Everything I've learned right. about. Yes, of course. That's right. Of course. It's not good. So the next time a, pay, a woman comes into my office for her pap smear, I have to do a prostate exam, too. It's yeah. only fair. It's only fair. It's only right. I don't want to be an oppressor. I don't want to be, I have to be inclusive. And guys, when you go see your urologist, it's time for that pap smear. Get in those stirrups, baby. (laughs) You got to laugh. I mean, it's absurd for, for clear thinking people to look at this. You can't do anything but laugh. I mean, I want to cry on the one hand is what's happened to our society, but almost in a in a mind-saving way to save your psyche, you have to process this right, which is why I appreciate Dave Chappelle. I mean, I so appreciate Dave Chappelle. He's calling out the left and taking the heat. Oh, man, he's taking some heat. But satire is sometimes the only way to handle absurdity, the real-life absurdity, right, is to call it out. Anyway, the American Medical Association released a guide. It's a 55-page document um, came out in early in late October, early November. It cites a guide by the organization Race Forward for how to advocate for critical race theory. And the health equity guide argues that phys- physicians cannot eliminate quote health inequities by focusing only on individuals, their behavior, or their biology. Geez, okay, for for decades I've been taught, and I hope 
you would think that your doctor has been taught and practices when you come into the office, he should he or she should focus on you as an individual uh, and on the behavior of your biology. I to me there is no better behavior for a physician than to focus on your biological behavior at the moment and thinking about your activities and your compliance or not with medications and diagnostics and treatments for your long-term health and welfare. That's what doctors do. That's what nurses do. That's what respiratory therapists, radiology techs, where do I lab techs? That's what it's about. What can we do to help you get better and stay better? Period. And in fact, I've argued that much of what's going on in the manipulation of healthcare and the so-called healthcare transformation in a central command and control style by the wonderful federal imperial government under Democratic and Republican administrations and Congress has done everything to take away that sole, to use a Star Trek term, prime directive of the healthcare experience, which is to take care of you and only you. And not the insurance company, not Center for Medicare Services, not for the billing company, not for the coding company. You, period. But now that's not enough. Physicians cannot eliminate health inequities. Instead, they must focus on language and collective political circumstances of certain groups. Given the, quote, given the deep divides that exist between groups in the United States. Yeah, and you're fueling it with this kind of garbage, you idiots. Understanding and empathy can be extremely challenging for many because of an inability to really walk a mile in another's shoes in a racialized sense. That's the preface to the American Medical Association Guide. Collectively. How many times have I used the word collectively? A collectively racialized sense. Uh, collectively, we have an opportunity and obligation to overcome these fissures and create spaces for understanding and healing. So they go further, and they're saying, get a load of this, Max. You're gonna, this is going to just frost you, brother. A health equity narrative grounded in equity and a social justice framework would, quote, expose the political roots underlying apparently, quote, natural economic arrangements, such as property rights, market conditions, gentrification, oligopolies, and low wage rates. A line from the guide reads, the guide says doctors should not say, get a load of this. this now they're giving us scripts. You'll like oh, this. No. Movie critic, Max. No. Here's the script for when. So next time when you go into your doctor who is like a sycophant for the AMA, by the way, there are upstart groups now that are saying, I poop on you, AMA. I'm going to start my own group. There's the American, what is it? The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS. Uh, our good friend, Gene. The respiratory therapist sent me something the other day. Uh, what was it? The United States uh, American uh, Organization of Physicians. I'll have to look it up. She, he Facebooked me. Um, doctor. So instead of saying low-income people have the highest level of coronary artery disease in the United States. Now, that's a toxic statement if I ever heard one. Max, I don't know. Did you hit the hot button there and dump me on that? No, so that I, no, no I probably should have. I probably should have. Oh, my God. FCC is coming after us. Watch out. I don't know. I hope we can finish the show. <laughs> Instead of saying that low-income people have the highest level of coronary artery disease in the United States, instead, doctors should phrase the same, <laughs> the same idea like this. Quote, 
people underpaid and forced into poverty as a result of, of banking policies, real estate no. developers gentrifying neighborhoods, and corporations weakening the power of labor movements, among others, have the highest level of coronary artery oh disease. My Lord. So you have to go into your patient and say, listen, because of the housing market, you're going to have a heart attack. Wow. <laughs> Rather than using the word, quote, fairness, the guys suggest doctors say social justice. This is because fairness, quote, pays no attention to how power relations in society establish themselves, but primarily emphasize outcomes within a pre-given set of rules. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, I, I don't know, brother. I told you when I had to sign up for my annual board recertification, I, they ask, uh, you have to, ref I've never, I haven't done this since, since I set it up, what, years ago? On my profile. My profile's been my profile. Oh, if I move, I put a new address in there. This time, you're forced to do the profile before you can click the button and pay your bill and pay the outrageous charge they have for recertifying. It's a, it's all a, it's all a, it's all a pyramid scheme. Um, and now they're building bricks and mortar for a new testing center. <laughs> I bet they have a great conference room there with beautiful technology and probably a fridge, you know, a, a wet bar. I don't know for all of the people that work there. Uh, <laughs> and and they they ask so how do you how do you identify a cisgender male a cisgender female transgender uh what some of the other terms there were five or six of them on there i would have thought i was in a you know georgetown university columbia university in a gender and equity mm -hmm. 201 masters class i think it was about 40 years old i'm 43 now just a young spring chicken but i think it was about 40 <laughs> when i discovered that i was cisgendered it was something that somehow i had gone 40 years without realizing yeah yeah, but, uh, but now, uh, apparently, <laughs> you know, the, the, the only the only thing I knew about cis and trans until it was, became popular, the only thing that really stuck in my mind was when you take organic chemistry, when you make uh, organic molecules come in left and right handed things, polarized light and cis and trans. So if you look at a chemical on a, a, a you know, a, a ball and stick model of, of atoms in a, in a chemical structure. If you look at the plane, like like if you hold a horizontal board, well, if it sticks up, it's cis, and if it's down, it's trans. I mean, I don't remember all the rules anymore, mm. but I always thought of it as spatial relationships of atoms in a in a chemical molecule. That's We've all built those with the stick, yeah, of right? course, yeah. But now it, it has something to do with gender, and I I think though the tide is turning. I get the feeling the tide is turning. And, and Americans are digging in. I was at the sea store, the local sea store, filling up and looking for some Blue Bunny vanilla bean ice cream. Uh, Blue Bunny manufacturers, if you're out there listening and if you would like the most avid, effective, aggressive endorsement ever of an ice cream, uh, I'm your guy. <laughs> vanilla, vanilla, I'm kidding. Vanilla, not so much. Vanilla bean ice cream is awesome and I don't know why this blue bunny you know why it's pure talk I'm woke when it comes to ice cream I like purity I want I want just just milk cream eggs sugar nothing else I just and 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 fragments of vanilla beans a little specks in there you know it's the best ice cream it it, it rivals I, I hate to say this it rivals Ted Drew's I mean, oh, wow. the famed Ted Drews. Those are those are big words, but they're different. I mean, yeah, I mean, one is Drews custard. is more of a custard. Yeah, it's a custard. Yeah. yeah, it's a custard. So they're different animals. They're diverse. We're diverse in our ice cream feelings. We and we're going to recognize ice cream justice. <laughs> you can have vanilla bean. You can have you can have you can have 
Ted Drews. Now, you can have natural vanilla, which is sort of that yellow fluffy stuff. That And I want to recognize all of those now because the ice they cream all council. contribute to the planet. Now the ice cream all very council important. Is, is going to come after us. After, after yeah. the president's come after us. Now it's ice cream council. <laughs> We're just, we're just, uh, we're just doing all we can to just get ourselves yanked off the air here this morning. Oh well. Hey, let's take a little break, and when we come back, I do want your opinions on this. What is happening at your workplace? Maybe someone in your family is really struggling. I mean, I'm not kidding you. We're 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 coming to a time when we're going to have to make ethical and moral decisions. Are we? How far are we willing to be pushed? The vaccine mandate is perhaps the most visible and palpable uh, decision node that we face in many places. It's like, do I switch careers? Do I, what do I do? I'm not, it's not, and many people are telling me it's not so much about the vaccine anymore. It's about being told what to do. And especially, this is not smallpox. This is not the plague. This is not, you know, polio. Yes, it can be deadly. It can be severe. I have seen it. We have people in our hospital today struggling on ventilators, okay? It's not about that. For all it is, it is not the plague or polio or, or, or smallpox. And, and whether it's a mandate or whether it's diversity, equity, inclusion, and having to sit in a room and, and, and somehow grovel to some minority and say, I am, I am an oppressor, I am sorry, I'm part of an oppressive group because of the melanin in my skin. How far are you willing to go? And is there a point past which you would not go? 314-912-1019. 314-912-1019 here on 1019-941 News Talk STL. We are the Tobler Show along with Max. I'm Randy Tobler. We'll be back and I want to hear from you. Uh, have you been challenged? Are you hanging in there? Or have you made the jump and said, I'm done? No more. Nada. I'm out of here. We'll be back and answer those questions in just a little bit. Stay there. Let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help them in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. Well, there was Morgan Ortega really going after Adam Schiff on The View the other day. And another gaffe when he said, you got that? Play that again. That was just yeah. really fun. I like that. For <laughs> We're inviting Russia to help them in the election, which they did. For trying to coerce Ukraine into helping them in the next election, mm. which he did. Uh, into inciting an erection. <laughs> And it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> Inciting an erection. Oh, I tell you, you just can't get away from this men's club commercials anywhere. They're just all over the place. And now Adam Schiff, he must have just come back from the men's club. You know what yes, I mean. Yeah. And he got his, got his testosterone injection. <laughs> and you know what? I am not going to make fun of Adam Schiff, and I'm not trying to make, you know, make a mockery of it. But I, you are noticing more and more gaffes. And I thought, we don't, I don't know if we had that last week or this week, but folks, you've heard it. Uh, Energy Secretary Granholm, when she was asked by a CNBC analyst, hey, what are you going to do about the high gas prices? It's getting incredibly expensive for us to put gasoline and diesel fuel in our tanks. And she laughed. She just very in, we're seeing inappropriate communication gaffes by people on the left. And and I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. Perhaps if you are a behavioralist out there, if you're a counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, uh, live with one, no one, 
I'm curious. I think that what do you you make your biggest gaps when you're tired and or stressed? Well, when you're tired and stressed, oh, watch out. I mean, think about that's when I've made my biggest boo boos. Right. We all if you're tired and you have to give a major talk, that's when you're going to forget what the next line was, right? Because <laughs> you're stressed on top of it. I can't help but think that Joe Biden, you know, talking about Satchel Page, and yeah, he corrected himself and said Negro League, but first he said that great Negro, you know. I can't help but think, yes, there's some senescence there. But you look at Adam Schiff and this gaff, you, I just... It's a it's a it's a it's a stage with a lot of bright lights that these people are performing under. Let's be honest, and we have to have empathy for all of them. It's very difficult to communicate accurately every time. A hundred percent of the words come out, and the phrases are perfectly, you know, welded together. When you're communicating as much as these high-profile people do. I understand that. We all get that. In broadcast, my goodness, have we said things we wish we wouldn't have? Have we made mistakes? And it's not a super high-pressure environment like that. But you're seeing an increasing, an acceleration of these kind of gaffes. I mean, Granholm, you see it with Kamala Harris, just inappropriately laughing. And the only thing it tells me is there's something... They are stressed. They know that their position is not right. When when you've got, uh, who was the one the other day? Oh, uh, Ron Klain, the, the chief of staff, was like, well, we just, the reason the election didn't go well here, this off uh, off your elections, was because we did, we haven't doubled down enough on our, on our, on our agenda. I mean, uh, these people, I, they have, there has to be some, cluster of neurons within their brain I'm not sure it's in their prefrontal cortex where judgment and discernment and you know forethought occur like if I do this then that maybe I ought not do this you know that part that isn't well developed in in uh, in children as we learn from Erica Komisar until what you know 25 an if and in men then. just ask just ask my, Max and my wife in men never quite fully develops right <laughs> <laughs> um, but there has to be some rational part of them that they don't recognize. I mean, some subliminal part is telling them, but it's communicating with a communication center, and that's where the the spark happens. And the spark is is calling Satchel Page, you know, the Negro, and 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 inciting erection on the part of Adam Schiff. And Kamala Harris laughing incessantly, like the Wicked Witch of the East, uh, inappropriately. And Jennifer Granholm laughing about the misery that people are, people are having economic misery. I got texted at the top of the show, and I won't say who it is, but I got texted by someone very close to me who is a military mom and said, I don't know how we're going to pay for Christmas and Thanksgiving of the type we had hoped for. Just a few months ago, you know, before this president was in, was inaugurated, we had a we had planned for a really wonderful because we have a new child on the way at that time. Now the child's born and on and on and on. How are we going to make this work? But we were going to make it work, right? And and they had a beautiful Christmas and Thanksgiving plan. And now it's like with all of the money being so, siphoned off to gasoline and the daily expenses. I uh, Fox News, uh, my monitor here in the studio, um, which I rotate between Fox and CNN and MSNBC, keep an eye on what they're all doing. They they were talking about the cost of Potatoes, uh, corn, uh, uh, sweet potatoes, cranberries, turkey, everything is up 
double digits in some cases. And and the and the administration's laughing about it. And well, that's good for you. That's that's what we don't worry about it. That's okay. Joe Biden the other day was talking about it, and he said, "Well, yeah, and you put it's costing you a lot more. Putting you put that that gasoline in your tank, isn't it? But you know that means that's a good thing because that tells us the economy is booming and demand is outstripping supply. And don't worry about it, folks. I mean, look, you're going to make gaps when you know that you are on the wrong side of the argument, and for some reason your politics and your lust for power. I'm going to use that phrase." lust for power overwhelms your rational sense and more worrisomely, more concerningly, these people have lost their empathy. They would have you, Barack, you have that, play that Barack Obama, would you play arrogant, arrogant Barack Obama at the global conference the other day? Listen to what he did. Uh, do we have that? Did I give you that? Yeah, yeah. Number five. Play a digital sound file number five, Max. Listen to this. I can afford to give up a lot of my current lifestyle to benefit the planet because I'll still have a lot left over. A lot of folks don't have that cushion. Okay, so, so yeah, okay. So if you're going to call that empathy, okay, I won't have, I could pay $12 a gallon for gas. What does it matter? I get big motorcades, I got my security detail, I can take private flights, I still have a lot left over. I can buy another beachfront property. He could give up a lot. Doesn't sound like he has. He just could in theory. Yeah. And it's not going to hurt him. Any of the pain and suffering that 99% of Americans are having, he's not having. But he recognizes it. But you know what? There's a motive there. What's his answer as that sound clip goes on? More government. Don't worry, the government will take care of it. More subsidies. We'll help you through it. We'll print more money. Oh, that'll be good for endless, eternal inflation. Thank you, Mr. Obama. You are so deluded, my friend. You've never had to run a business. You've never had to pay your own bills on the sweat of your own brow. Shame on you for your lack of empathy and compassion, my friend. Well, that was an easygoing out here for this segment. Hey, we'll be back uh, talking Virginia Cruda next hour. I want to talk with her about Rittenhouse and more on inflation. You're listening to The Randy Tobler Show, 1019-941 News Talk STL. Welcome home.